Hi everyone, I'm Sarah Baker and this is Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas and I want to share that with every mom I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Have you heard about how we are changing the story for moms? Mama Fund is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to providing products, services, and education to moms in need. So check us out at mamafund.org. We have a special guest today on the show, um, and she's actually been on before. So if you remember Erin from episode 14, um, Erin is back with us today. Hi, Erin. Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you back. Not only are you my favorite human for a lot of reasons, um, but, but there's a part of your story that we didn't get to share, and yes. I'd love to just dive into that. And maybe, I guess also we should refresh a little bit about your right. story. Um, right. So you started out with a pretty traumatic uh, birth, your first birth. Um, I did, yeah. Okay, and that has led you now to be a doula and yes. to help inform moms all about birth. Um, but your third birth was a little bit more transforming for you. So do you want to walk us through that and how you got there? Yeah, totally. So, um, as you said, like I had a pretty, uh, traumatic first birth with my oldest, um, you know, um, intervention after intervention, uh, leading to an emergency C-section where both of us could have died. <laughs> um, and then my second with my second, um, I really wanted to have a VBAC and VBAC is ver uh, vaginal birth after cesarean. Um, but my, the hospital I was going to didn't even allow them at the time. Um, and so I was just kind of pushed into another C-section. Um, I ended up going into labor early. So um, my planned C-section happened a week earlier than planned because um, babies come when they feel like coming. Right. Um, but uh, but the, the birth was way, way less traumatic. It was very laid back. Um, very calm, uh, way less painful. My first C-section was extremely painful. And being that it was my first C-section, I didn't, I just thought it had to be painful. Um, well, and my there's, second one, there was, sorry, and there's was probably something different between like an emergency where it's rushed, it's not planned. There's totally chaos, there's stress, there's tension. And then to something where like you walk in, you know, what's going to happen, but also it's like not, so rushed from the doctors, the nurses, like that tension right. in the room isn't there. Totally. Well, totally. And I think I had had an epidural for like, I don't know, 12 hours or so, maybe a little bit longer than that by the time I had my first C-section. And so epidurals only last so long and then they start to wear out. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think, you know, it was still working, but it wasn't working effectively. And so I felt a lot more than I probably should have. Um, and with Benjamin, my middle son, I had a spinal block, so it was a little bit different than an epidural. It's similar, but slightly different. And so I don't know that might play into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
but it was really lighthearted. I remember we were just joking around. My doctor was hilarious. She would use words like bodacious and stuff all the time. And so we were just cracking up the whole time. Um, so, you know, it was another C-section, but it was very laid back and happy. Um, so a very different feeling than my first one. Um, but when I, when we decided we wanted to have one more, I was pretty set on not having another C-section. Um, the hospital I was at was still not allowing VBACs. And so I had to say goodbye to a doctor that I really loved, Mm. um, and head to a different hospital, which was a really hard decision. What's Um, their, what's their explanation to you as a mom? Like, what does a doctor say to you when you say, I want to have a vaginal birth? Well, you know, the doctor that I was going to at the time was pretty old school. Um, he had been an OB for like 30 or 40 years. So he was an older doctor. And I think it was just mostly old information. Um, they they kind of make you feel like your odds of having your uterus rupture like skyrocket. Um, mm. Once you've had a C-section and, you know, your uterus can rupture in a typical delivery as well. It's, the odds are very small. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think you have like a 2% chance of that happening just on your first birth. Um, and then if you have had a C-section, it goes to like 5% chance. And then if you've had two C-sections, it's something like 8% chance. So it's not like you go from 2% to 30% chance of rupture. The the chance is still pretty small. Um, but that's kind of the driving forces. They don't want uteruses to rupture. (laughs) So I get it. Um, yeah, I get it, but the, the chances aren't strong enough that if you have a healthy, you know, a healthy pregnancy and, um, you're not high risk, there's really no reason to not allow you to try. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, obviously I'm not a doctor, so I can comprehend the risk of that. But if that was to happen during labor, would they then just do a C-section and it would just be another emergency C-section or is it pretty damaging to mom and baby if that happens? You know, so a VBAC is actually safer for mom, um, but okay. more, a little more dangerous for babies because if, if, um, if your uterus does rupture, um, they lose oxygen pretty quickly. So oh. you have to get into a C-section like immediately. So I, again, I totally get the fear sure, yeah. surrounding it. Um, but I just felt so like strongly deep in my gut that I, we could do it. Yeah. Well, I think that that's amazing. And that right there is like mom instinct at its finest. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So we, we, we switched hospitals, we switched doctors and I found an amazing doctor, um, practice that was all women and they were VBAC friendly. Um, it was kind of rare that they would do, um, VBACs after two C-sections, but, um, I looked pretty good. Otherwise I was healthy. The pregnancy was good. Um, all of that. And I, you have to, in order to be a candidate for VBAC, you have to have horizontal C-section, uh, previously not a vertical. So most of the time they won't do it like belly button down, um, unless it's like extreme emergency. Uh, so if you had that sort of a C-section, you, you are not a candidate for VBAC, but since I had horizontal, um, uh, incision, it, it was fine. So, which is usually um, common, right? I mean, I've, I guess I've only experienced. Okay. To do it that way. 
yeah, it's way faster to do it the other way. Like, so if you're in like an extreme emergency situation, they'll do it, you know, belly button down just because the, the opening is bigger, they can get baby out faster. But um, most of the time, um, it's a horizontal um, incision. So okay. um, all the things were kind of lining up for me. Um, and my doctor actually ended up being pregnant at the same time as me. Um, mm. And she she was trying to have a VBAC. So it was kind of awesome because we were both in the same boat. Um, and she was really understanding of it because that's what she wanted for herself as well. And it also gave me a little bit of peace. Like I'm making the right decision. If my doctor's trying to do that for yeah. herself, then obviously yeah. that's the right thing, right? Um, so that was great. The bummer was that she, she was a little ahead of me. So she went out on maternity leave and, oh, no. um, yeah, so she, and you know, I knew that it was going to be whoever was on call at the time, yeah. um, was going to deliver, but she was kind of my champion, um, <laughs> through it. So it was a bummer, <clears throat> excuse me, that she went out, um, before I did. And I had to, um, be reassigned to a different doctor as my primary person, um, so she just kind of picked someone in the practice and, um, my first appointment with her was awful. Oh no. Uh, absolutely awful. She was such like a negative Nancy. I, she told me, um, she didn't think I'd be successful. She told me that, um, you know, labor really hurts and you can't have medication and, um, you can't eat and, 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 Why and, can't and, you and, have I mean, medication. Was, well, you know, I don't know. They actually offered for me to have an epidural. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know if she was just kind of fear-mongering. But, um, oh. you know, also when you are having um, a VBAC, it's better to be able to feel what your uterus is doing oh, uh, in case okay. of rupture. Yeah. But So maybe maybe that's why. I don't know. But I was actually planning on going medication-free if I could anyway. So I was, like, already in that mindset. Um, because I knew once I got an epidural, my chances of C-section would go up. Um, yeah. so I, I was going to try really hard not to have a C-section. Did you epidural. leave that appointment changing your mind at all? Like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this or were you no, still on pretty, the path? I was pretty hellbent. Yeah. <laughs> pretty hellbent at that point. Um, and so she actually told me that I needed to talk to every other doctor in the practice and convince them that I could do it before she would sign off on it, which was so like discouraging because my original doctor had told me that like, she wouldn't even say I could do it until they had talked to all the doctors in the practice and they had looked over my case and decided it was fine. And they had already given me permission. So it was like 10 steps back, I guess, um, that's so frustrating. Like, oh, it was so frustrating being a mom and then being pregnant and then wanting to do this, like not traditional way of labor and any sorts is just already really hard and challenging. Like mm -hmm. as a doctor, you should be, you should be the champion for that mom, you know, and yeah. try to help totally. them. Like it's not your baby or your body. So like if it's medically possible, like why not just champion with them right yep I, I felt the exact same way um plus she should have been familiar with my case because they all went over it already so it was really um it was a discouraging appointment and I went home pretty frustrated yeah. but I remember later that night I was just like screw it like I'm gonna do it <laughs> I don't care like this is gonna go well and, and I'm at least gonna try if I if I try and I fail that's fine I just need the 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 space 
to be able to try and do it the way that I want to. Like every one of my births has been dictated by everybody else. And um, I want to be in control of this one. And, you know, that was hard because I'm not one to advocate for myself normally. I'm kind of a roll over and play dead type of person. But Mm -hmm. through this experience, I really found my voice and I found, you know, that I could step out and speak up for myself. And so that was a pretty transforming experience, even without, you know, the birth piece, just learning how to stand up for myself was huge. Um, yeah, really huge for me. So I, you know, I went, I went on through the pregnancy meeting all of the doctors instead of seeing that doctor, I had to go to every single one. Um, you know, and by this point I was probably, I don't know, 32 weeks along or something like that. So like I had to meet six doctors in just a very short amount of time um, for her to be able to sign off on it. So I met all the doctors. Some of them were really awesome. Some of them were like, meh, (laughs) not that excited about my, my VBAC, but there were two that were like so on board. And so I just prayed that when I went into labor, one of them was on call. Yeah. (laughs) Like, please, please, please let one of those two ladies be on call. I know Um, that feeling. We met a doctor just by like, we needed an appointment and our doctor wasn't there one time. And this guy was like a total just jerk. Like, first off, I'm like, why are you an OB to begin with? Like, I'm so confused what you do here. Like you're very unkind to these women, to me at least like what's happening. This is just like not a good feeling. And oh man, I was so thankful when my doctor was on call when I was in labor because that's just terrifying. And even the next day when we got discharged, he was actually our discharge OB. And the second he walked in the room, I could just like feel the tension. Like you just don't want that when you're going through birth, like you're birthing a human, you should be able to pick who's there and who's not there. Oh, totally. And they can totally set the tone. And really like the OB spends like so little time in there during the process. So like, why should they come in and just like destroy all the happy feelings? Right. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Please, please leave. (laughs) Yeah. Scoot. So when you you. went into labor, where did you have the doctor you liked? I sure did. Oh, yay. (laughs) Okay. Like the best ever. Yeah. I I went into labor. I was actually playing um, shoots and ladders with my older two boys. And they were so rowdy that day. I remember, like, I just could not contain them. And so I was like, let's play a board game. So we were trying to play a board game. But even that, like, pieces were flying across the board. Like, they were just out of control that day. And um, so I remember I stood up to, like, grab one of the pieces that had fallen over. And I felt a pop. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And I stood up in my water. Oh, wow. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. So I ran, uh, ran to the bathroom, called my husband, uh, told him to hurry home. And my mother-in-law was actually retiring and it was her last day of work that day. Um, she was retiring cause she was going to be our child care, bless her heart. Um, mm. and so I called her and she was like, Oh, Aaron, I just sat down to my, um, my retirement lunch. Like they took me out to lunch. I'm like, hey, it's fine. Like my water just broke, but contractions haven't started. Like take your time. Um, so that was just funny because she was like, oh, of course your water broke. I just sat down the wood. Yeah, right. My um, last day of work. I can't really leave early. <laughs> yep. So funny. So, um, you know, she did her thing and it was fine. My father-in-law ended up coming um, coming early and, and he watched the boys while we went to the hospital. But 
I remember on my way to the hospital, I ate a couple of granola bars because they don't let you eat typically in the hospital um, because of C-section risks. And I knew, I, you know, like you need your energy. And yeah. honestly, because I, I was being a little bit of a stinker, I knew that it would push my C-section clock back a little bit. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I ate a couple of granola bars and when we got to the doctor, we had to go to my office cause they wanted to like verify that my water had broken. Um, and I started having contractions in the car. So that was awesome because, you know, sometimes your water breaks and nothing happens forever. Yeah. Right. And then you end up in, with an injection and, uh, or a, another C-section is what would have happened with me. So, um, I had contractions in the car and I remember the, the doctor that was there was one of the not awesome ones mm. <laughs> checking me in. Um, and she asked me when I ate last and I told her I'd eaten in the car and she got so mad. Like, I remember she was like, why would you do that when you're coming in for a VBAC? Like, <laughs> I was like, sorry, I was hungry. It was just a granola bar. Um, but she was real messy about it. And then she also told me like the way to have a successful seat or a successful VBAC is not to come with ruptured waters. And I was like, Maybe it's not like I used a coat hanger and broke my water. Like right. it just happened. Also, like why discourage me? I'm already here. Like you can't go back in time. Yep. Gosh, no. if I could just see that doctor right now, I'd punch her in her face. I know I'm with you. <laughs> it's totally. So you know, frustrating. The, the, good part, the good part was I had already seen her. So I was kind of prepared for how she was going to be. Yeah. And um, yeah, my husband and I laughed you know, because we had to go to the hospital after that once they saw that my water had broken. So we drove her to the hospital and we were cracking up. Like, <laughs> she's just mad. It's fine. At least she's not the one at the hospital today. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fine. But um, so I got to the hospital and, um, you know, the doctor who was on call was amazing. She came in and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Your water broke. You're having contractions things are looking good. And, um, she was like, do you want Pitocin? Which the first doctor, that very first one also told me I couldn't have Pitocin, which makes sense because you don't want to do synthetic contractions on a uterus that could rupture. Like it's not the best plan. Um, yeah. but she offered it anyways. And I said, no, thank you. You know, things are already progressing. We're good. She said, awesome. I think it was like four o'clock in the afternoon by this point. And she was like, I'm just going to let you labor on your own. You do your thing. You walk, you get in the tub, do whatever you want to do. And I won't even check you until like one in the morning unless there's a reason to. And I remember I just like started crying because that's what I needed. I just needed to be left alone to do my thing. Yeah. Um, she was like so on board for it. It was awesome. That's so cool. And so you, yeah. you did labor without any medicine. I did. Yes. Wow. I did. Um, and you know, it was actually not awful until I hit transition. <laughs> so, mm. you know, when you're transitioning into, you know, from being an active labor to like, it's time to push, like that was awful. It went from tolerable, but really painful to, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. And I remember I just, I was trying so hard not to have that epidural. And I finally, like the contractions were just one on top of the other. And I remember telling my husband, like, I have to have an epidural. I can't do this for hours more. Because at that point, I didn't even know how dilated I was. Like, I think I was a four when I came into the hospital. But, like, I hadn't been checked in hours. Um, I think it was, like, nine o'clock by then. So I didn't know where I was. And I was like, I just, I can't do this. So I, I had the most amazing nurse. She was simply wonderful. And talk about a champion, birth champion. She was it for me. 
And she said, okay, Erin, here's the deal. I know how bad you want to have an unmedicated birth. So let's have you check. If you're seven or more, you have to agree that you're going to push forward with me. And if you're not, then we'll talk about it. And I'm sure mm. that she knew that I had to be seven or more just based on my behavior. Um, but the do- so the doctor came in and I was seven and a half. And I remember I was like, no, <laughs> like I just wanted that epidural <laughs> so bad. And I had agreed to it at that point. So I, <laughs> but she, you know, like she instantly started stripping me and she was like, you're going to get back in the tub. So she's stripping me, stripping me. I get back in the tub and like stripping your uh, membranes, like. No, 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 my clothes. Oh, they're your clothes. Like I was like, down. wow, they're just yeah. like going for it up there. You're like, I'm no. already in labor. Oh, okay. Getting you naked. Got <laughs> so it. That was, a, that was a good clarification there. Um, but she just like, she got me down to my bra and she's like, I want you to get in the tub. So I got back in the tub and I think I was in there for maybe five minutes and I just started pushing and she was like, honey, you can't push in here. I'm like, I can't help it. Like it's just happening. Um, and so I remember she, she called out to the, the main room, the OB was out there and she was like, doctor, doctor, I think this is going to go a little faster than we anticipated. Um, and she tried to get me up out of the bathtub, but I'm one of those weirdos that like, when I'm in pain, I don't want to be touched. Mm. So I was like, I can do it. I can do it. So I like got myself out of the tub. Um, and she said later, like, once you jumped out of the tub like that, I thought, oh gosh, she's just being dramatic because women, if that point and transition do not just jump out of the tub um but I had just kind of popped out of the tub but it took me like probably three or four contractions just to walk to the bed like that's oh, how on wow. top of each other they were and so I got on the bed and the doctor checked me and she was like oh my gosh you're 10 and his head's right there like there it is I can see his head wow just uh, like minutes later or an yeah hour? it was like probably between asking for the epidural and when he was born was like 40 minutes. Like, wow, it was, that's cra- it was crazy, crazy fast. Yeah. I think I pushed for like eight minutes, maybe. Um, yeah, probably about eight minutes. So yeah, I got wow. on the bed, started pushing, baby was out. And, you know, like, I think the most absolute triumphant moment of my life was when they put that baby on my chest. Mm. Um, I'm getting goosebumps with, just listening to this. Oh, it's amazing. You know, with the boys, I wanted, with the older boys, I wanted them on my chest so badly. And at the time, the hospital didn't allow skin to skin during a C-section. Mm. So, like, I couldn't hold them. I couldn't anything. And, you know, you've held them for nine months in your body. And then everybody else gets to snuggle them first, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, it was like, it was such a different experience. Because with my first, I had been in labor for three days. I was drugged to high heaven. I could hardly keep my eyes open. So, like, I couldn't even really see him because I was so out of it. Um, My second one, he was right up by my head cooing. My husband held him right by my head. But, like, I still didn't get to snuggle him for, like, an hour. Mm. Um, So, like, having Ezra just, like, right on my chest was, like, the most heavenly moment of my life. Um, That just sounds amazing. Absolutely perfect. The only bummer was that my placenta didn't detach. It didn't want to come out. Um, and I, I have a theory that it probably had adhered to my C-section scars. That's my that's mm. my guess. Um, but she had to go in for it. So that was not comfortable. She was elbow deep. Oh, elbow my gosh. Deep. And you have no uh, drugs. Oh, no. No, nothing. So uh, that was not not fun. And I remember my nurse said, Erin, she can't get it out. And if she doesn't, you're going to have to have an epidural and go in for a DNC. And I was like, I did not 
just give birth, medication-free right. to get an epidural right now. Like, you have to get it out. I don't care what you do. Just pull it. <laughs> so, um, but she ended up getting it out the next try. So, that was Oh, good. wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That sounds terrifying and awful. <laughs> I just... That was not fun. Ugh. Yeah, but that was literally the only hiccup in an otherwise absolutely perfect birth. Um, he started nursing right away. I mean, like, just all the things were so perfect. All the things that I really, really prayed for. I really wanted a nurse that was, like, medication going without medication friendly and she was like all in for it I really wanted this specific doctor it was her like everything just lined up absolutely perfectly and it was you know honestly like the thing I'm most proud of myself for was sticking to my gut yeah and and going through with it and um it was hard but it was worth it and I'm it was like the best way to end my birthing my birthing years um I had lost two babies right before Ezra, the year before I had Ezra. Mm. And so, um, you know, it was like, like an arm raising. That's amazing. Hallelujah. We did it situation. So it was awesome. Yeah. That's so amazing. I think birth in any fashion is so empowering. Oh, me too. Every time I hear any of these stories, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, even if it's a traumatic experience, like here you are, like, going through the trenches to have this baby, like how awesome. And then to hear this story as well, like you totally just stuck to your guns. Cause I get it. Like I understand that a hospital's job is not to help you birth in any capacity that makes sense for you. They just want you to have a baby. Like that's their only goal. And so they're going to do that. Whatever's easiest for them. And I get it. Like I get it. It's they're busy. It's like, autopilot for them they're birthing babies probably every minute like I get it but I mean for you like this is so important for you to have this really empowering moment and it's so cool that you got it and that it all worked out because it sounds like it was a battle uphill the whole time oh it totally was it totally was and you know like I I think it's important to listen to your doctor you know like you need to you need to do your own research you need to really know what you're getting into you know and like if your doctor is like telling you you're high risk or tell you know like you need to listen to that but in my case everything was normal right Mm -hmm. so um and you know I'm not anti-c-section by any means I had two of them um but for me, it was just not what I wanted. And um, I, I just really believe in women being empowered to birth how they choose, whether that's an epidural, whether it's not, whether it's, you know, plan C-section, you know, whatever it is, I just want women to feel empowered at the end of it. And my first two were not empowering um, yeah. at all. I felt like all of, all of my power was taken by other people. And so um, to end it on a note where I was in charge was just amazing. And that's what I want for every woman. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's the thing, like birth is really just like your own journey and it's whatever you want it to be. And whether it is magical and turns out exactly how you want it or it doesn't, you know, it's still birth and you still made it a human and all the great things. Cause I mean, even listening to your story, I'm like, man, I wish I would have not done an epidural. You know, I always have these like random thoughts when I hear all these stories of things I wish I could do differently. But if you really think back to your birth experience, even with your first two, you know, at the end Mm -hmm. you have a healthy baby. And so there is like this victory at the end. However, I totally get wanting to do it the way that you want to and wanting to feel that empowerment. And I think it's so great because now 
you can help encourage moms. Like there's probably a mom who's going to listen to this, who's maybe about to journey into a VBAC and is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to fight. I'm going to stand strong, which right. is exactly yeah, what well, you should that, do. Yeah, it's totally, you know, fight for what you, you want and what you know you can do. Um, and in the end, you know, you said the, the healthy baby is, you know, the end goal. And I completely agree with that. And that's like the most beautiful piece that I, I can see awesome pieces all through all three of my boys births. Like there's amazingness everywhere. My body grew and made a human. Um, but you know, leaving the other end traumatized isn't what women should have either. For so, sure. um, especially when it's at the hands of the doctors, you know, like I didn't need to have all the trauma I had when I was having Isaac, right. it was all, because of choices the doctors made and I just went with it with uneducated. So I just want people to be educated. Like women just really look into what a normal birth looks like, know what the interventions are, know ahead of time what you're okay with and what you aren't because it's so hard in the moment to make a decision um, when you've got people pressuring you and you don't really know anything about whatever that intervention is. So just knowing going into it that birth doesn't always go as planned and you need to know what you want to do going into it is like the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, this yeah. has obviously transformed you into becoming a doula, which I know we talked a yeah. little bit about in your first episode, but since then you've been a part of some births. Yeah. Um, two, actually, I, I think I did two births basically back to back. I had two friends who were, um, who were due to have babies the same week. So I took a week off work and they ended up having their babies like literally back to back. I think I was at the first one for 20 ish hours, maybe a little longer than that. No, it was way longer than that. I'm lying. Um, it was like 30 hours. And then I went oh home, went gosh. to bed, got a call at four in the morning for the next one was at that one for like 10 or 11 hours and then came home to my son's birthday party. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so good. That's amazing. Yep. And one was a hospital birth. One was a home birth. Both of them were um, absolutely beautiful. You know, one had an epidural. One obviously didn't. But both women were completely respected in their choices. And, um, you know, that's, that's the important part. Yeah. I yeah. know. You doulas are all just so amazing. I, I love well, myself a doula. I think we need doulas for like every part of life, really. Like, can I have one of my kids going to kindergarten doula? Can I have a, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, like we all need support through our lives for all sorts of reasons. Um, yes. Yeah. Agreed. Oh man, yep. you should maybe create that. Yeah, maybe I, I should. I feel like that's a great idea. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I'm moving right now. I could use like a moving doula See, who just like comforts me everything. through the whole process. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, Aaron, I, um, can't thank you enough for one being on the show already and coming back again to share this story, which I think is so great that it worked out like this because I believe this, um, story deserves its own space. Uh, I think it's so good. Um, oh, thank you. And I know I've said this before, potentially on Instagram, but I, I just want everyone to know how amazing you are because ever since we've connected through this amazing community, I, I just can't express how encouraging you've been to me and how you've let me bounce ideas off of you and all sorts of things. And I just, I think women need more friends like you in their lives. And unfortunately, uh -huh. 
they're hard to find. And so I'm so thankful that I found you. I think you're so awesome. Well, you're so sweet. Thank you. And I feel the same way about you. I just love what you're doing. And, um, you know, your, your heart is my heart here. Like women lifting each other up is like the absolute goal. And I love it. Yes. I love that. Well, before we go, I guess there is one question I have for you. Cause I end every episode the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like you might've already given some really good advice, obviously, but what's your one piece of advice for a mom that's maybe either debating VBAC or maybe she just had a C-section and is feeling discouraged. Like what's the one thing you want them to take away from that? You know, I think the biggest thing is to just advocate for yourself, like really learn to do that. Um, and education's key, right? So like if you're educated, um, in what's going on with your body or, uh, you know, educate yourself in VBAC statistics, educate yourself in, um, you know, what it takes to do a VBAC, educate yourself in, um, what is, what are the odds for you personally? Because there's all sorts of things that go into if they think that you're going to have a, um, successful VBAC or not. What's your weight? What's your BMI? Um, have you had a live birth or a non-C-section birth before all those things. So like really know all of those things going mm-hmm. into the doctor, um, because the more knowledge you have going in, um, the more likely you are to be successful and then just reach out to people who have gone through it and ask questions. I think that's the biggest thing is like, I had to reach out to people who had had me back and say like, okay, what about this? What about that? What did you think about this? And that was huge for me was yeah. talking to other moms and, and hearing their stories. So um, yeah, I'm always happy to talk to anyone about it. Awesome. Well, Aaron, I think you're amazing. And again, well, thank you. I think you're amazing. <laughs> thank you for taking the time to be on again. Thank you for having me again. Of course. Thank you for listening. I hope you loved it. Please subscribe to this podcast so you can get the latest episodes and tell us what you think about it in the reviews. And mamas, I love you. 